Poppy. What's going on, my boy? What's up, dude? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good today. It's a Tuesday here in the lab. Mm-hmm. Another Tuesday here for the boys. It's uh, it's nice to have a little consistency on these Tuesday episodes. It was yeah. We threw out one, had to skip like two months because of school for me, mm-hmm. and now we're actually able to get back after them. It's kind of nice. This is what week number three in a row we've done a Tuesday episode. Maybe I, I believe so. Three or four. Maybe going on four. It's something like that. We wanted this for a while. Have the two episodes a week. Get yeah, a little this, more content. Yeah, this always was the plan. Um, this is a plan that we came up with. Um, geez, I don't know. Long before we ever actually did one. Yeah, yeah. This is this this was always something that was in the cards. It was just a matter of making sure making the schedules work out in a way that we could actually do it. And now here we are. So this is the new level of consistency for us. So. Hopefully for the foreseeable future. Hopefully, yeah. But yesterday. Yep. It's a good day. Was it? Well, it was a college football national championship. Well, it was good if you're a Georgia fan. Yeah, I mean if you're a Texas Christian University fan. Uh and you know, I'll be honest with you, I think it was a bad day if you were anything other than a Georgia fan. I think everybody was kind of pulling for TCU to kind of take care of business and win the natty. Yeah, and I know I was. Well, they got close. Um, yeah, when it was ten to seven in the first quarter. Yep, yep. And then it was Georgia from there on out. Not a whole lot of banter today. Not a whole lot to banter about. I mean, you and I, you and I had a very in depth discussion moments before we got into this. Yeah, very in depth. So I think that I think we're kind of like bantered out at the moment. We're just kind of like, you know what? Yeah, there's there's plenty of banter ready for the episode. It was just that beginning banter, right? Right, right. Yeah, we kind of we kind of got the beginning banter out of the way. We're just kind of going, we're just kind of going like full dick right into it. Wow, you just said that. I gotta like spice it up a little bit. Wow, but like we said, uh, when the score was score was at one point in the national championship game, ten to seven, um, Georgia scored fifty five on answer for the rest of the game. Yeah, Georgia ended up winning 65-7. to It uh, was not even close. Um, Stetson Bennett, who a lot of people are kind of sleeping on. I, I You said it's simply because of his age. I mean, he's 25 years old playing against a, a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Um, so, like, yeah, he should be better. But he was 18 of 25 for 304 yards and four touchdowns. He also ran into as well. Yeah, I mean, he also had three carries for 39 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, the dude had six total touchdowns. Yeah. That's insanity. Rightfully so, won that one won the MVP. I mean, as a I mean as a whole, uh, TCU had a grand total of 188 yards total. Uh, Stenson Bennett threw for three or four. Yeah, which is, I mean, to put it in perspective, Max Duggan had 10 carries for negative 38 yards, but still had a rushing touchdown. Yeah, Duggan <laughs> Duggan went 14 to 22 for a buck 52 and two touchdowns. No, two interceptions. Two t- two interceptions. I'm sorry. Yeah, I had the number right. I was just looking at the wrong stat line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely all Georgia. Um, we kind of realized that on Friday we didn't actually, like, make a concrete pick. We said who we would like to see win the game, but we didn't actually make a concrete pick, so we're kind, we kind of avoided this one because I know you and I were both picking TCU. Yeah, I mean, I, TCU was my pick. I wanted to win, and I thought legitimately they could hang into this game just based off of what I saw against Michigan and what I saw um, Georgia do against Ohio State. Um, 
Georgia came out with a fire on their ass um, and just never looked back. Yeah. Um, I mean, they scored, they scored five minutes into the game, uh, five plays, 67 yards, um, two minutes, 58 seconds. That's all it took them. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just insane. I mean, I think their punter, he only punted one time. Yeah. He had one punt for 48 yards. That's it. Um, so, I mean, when your punter only has to see the field one time in a game, uh, you're going to do pretty well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Georgia back to back natties. Um, so now let me ask you this: Do you think Georgia has taken over as the prominent power in college football after back to back national championships, top five recruiting class? Um, do you think that they have taken over as the premier, as the premier program in college football? And where do you have Kirby Smart among coaches in college football? Um, I think anytime you win a national championship, you are the premier program until the following season. Well, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're the standard. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. So going back to back, I mean, they've been the standard for two seasons. Um, I think. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, really, my, my, the whole question comes from, of course, Alabama's been like the gold standard of college football. Yeah, it's tough for me to put Georgia above Alabama because Bama has been the upper echelon of college football for so long. Since Saban got there, so at least 15 seasons. It's been sustained success yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia rightfully deserves to be up there. You can absolutely make a case that they are they are the number one college football program in college football right now, um, and I would not disagree with you in that. I think that is the fair title to give them. But do I put them as, like, the big dog? No pun intended on it being the Georgia Bulldogs. Didn't really mean it. Once I said it, I was like, wow, way to go, Holman. Right. Um, would I put them as, like, as like the big dog, though? No, it's still Bama. I think everybody's so, yeah. still chasing Bama. Okay. Georgia's not far behind. Okay. I think legitimately it's Bama, Georgia, and then right behind them, I have Ohio State. Because Ohio State's been in the upper echelon, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, Ohio State is, I mean, that was definitely a team that I was hoping you would throw in there as well. Um, I mean, they've had, they've had sustained success, and they put out top talent every single year. Um, whether, whether it actually pans out into the NFL or not. That remains to be seen. I mean, Ohio State and Alabama just have a track record of not having quarterbacks really pan out in the NFL. Every other position, God bless, those two teams nail it. Yeah. You could draft any other position from either one of those schools, and you're going to be all right. For some reason, Alabama and Ohio State quarterbacks just don't typically pan out in the NFL. Justin Fields looked like he might break the curse, but who knows? It's remained to be seen. I think he Um, will break the curse, and I think C.J. Stroud will probably take it another step further as well. Yeah, I mean, everybody was hoping uh, Tua Vailoa would break the curse for Alabama. He's done okay. He just can't seem to not hit his head on the turf. Um, and then Mac Jones, he's got he's got some character issues he's got to figure out because the way he tries to, quote-unquote, lead that team is just not it. And he has cons- he has consistency issues as well. I mean, I mean, you can kind of throw in Jalen Hurts at that as well. I mean, Jalen Hurts was a was a part of the Crimson Tide as well. Yeah, 
I, I mean, I think, uh, I think he, he he may have declared for the draft as a Sooner, but he was a he was a Bama boy too. I think he learned work ethic and professionalism from Bama, but he learned how to play offense at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I think I so the two of them. I mean, Jalen Hurts probably has to be the most pro ready quarterback coming <laughs> coming out. Period. He had Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley as his coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, God bless. You can't ask for much more. No. So, I mean, I, I don't know, man. But uh, I still have Bama as the top dog. Um, Georgia right behind them. I mean, they're creeping up pretty quickly with back-to-back national championships. And they are getting, like you said, they are getting those top recruits down there. I mean, it's it's Bama and Georgia, 1A, 1B down there getting recruits um, down in the south. So, Georgia's creeping up, but I still got Bama as, as the top. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was just curious about that. Um I just didn't know what your thoughts were. Um, yeah, well, I mean, and, and Georgia. I mean, dude, they've they got a lot of reloading to do, and it's great that they have that draft class. But how does that? How do all the that reloading, um, you know, turn into turning into continuing success? Like, I mean, they got rid of a lot of defensive players um, last season, going into the draft. Um, they're losing at least three more in this draft with Kiwi Ringo, Jalen Carter, and uh, Nolan Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're losing at least three there. Um, their their quarterback is going to be gone. Stetson Bennett's going to be gone. He's won them back to back national champions at uh, championships at the quarterback position. <clears throat> and then next season, their star tight end is leaving them as well. Which I watched that dude play, and that <laughs> Brock Bowers, he's a freak. God bless. He's like he's he's as big as everything you want out of a tight end. That dude can boogie though. He's he's great, got some man. speed. I mean, he had seven catches for 152 yards and a touchdown yesterday. Yeah. They also gave him two rushes for 15 yards. They're handing the ball off to the tight end. Yeah, he's a um, he's a uh, he's definitely a Swiss Army knife for for Georgia. Um, keeping him in the fold for next season is definitely going to help out a lot. I mean. Crazy thing is, I mean, they have a lot of star power that's returning next season as well. There's a legitimate chance they can go for a three-peat. I, I mean, you could absolutely make the, make the argument, for sure. Um, I mean, losing a talent like Jalen Carter, um, getting after the passers is huge. That but absolutely that, but, hurts. But then again, they, had, they lost the guy who ended up going number one overall last year. Yeah, They, they lost Jordan Davis. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they had so many guys from that defense get drafted. That was that really it, loud. That was a little loud. They had so many guys in the defense get drafted last year that you thought, okay, no way they're going to sustain success next year. And they did. And, and by uh, by no means am I uh, am I knocking that, but I'm saying after losing what they lost last year, losing what they're going to lose this year, can they continue it? Yeah, it, it's just it's just tough. Um, but Kirby Smart, um, he's up there as far as college football coaches go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. I got to put him as the number one coach in college football right now. I would too. Yeah, I. I mean, he's lost one game in two seasons. Yeah, there's really, there's really nobody else. I think you could really put up there. Number and number two is Nick Saban. Yeah, and and I mean, he. I th- I think there's such a gap between the two of them right now. I mean, just because of the of the recent success. Yeah, Kirby Smart's lost one game in two seasons. Granted, that one game was to Alabama in the SEC championship, but then Georgia reclaimed that when they beat them in the college football championship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've they've lost one game. What is that, 29-1? and one? 
Yeah, they went 14-1 last year and 15 another this year. Yeah, 29-1 last 30 games. Yeah. I mean, like another thing that works into uh, works into Georgia's favor is that they are getting the number seven transfer, Dominic Levitt, uh, from Missouri. He's transferred. He's he's committed and he's he's going to be ready to go when, as soon as he gets um, to Georgia as well. Um, I mean, the quarterback position is what they're going to have to figure out. That's really that's really the big thing. I mean, you're losing arguably the greatest quarterback that's ever played in camp on campus. I would and and honestly, I wouldn't even really say arguably. I say he, I say Stenson Bennett is the greatest quarterback that's ever played it at Georgia. More um, than uh, more than Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford never won a Natty. Well, it's fair. I'm just asking. Yeah, for for the University of Georgia, nobody's nobody's done more than um than Stenson Bennett. Yeah, I mean for the University of Georgia, yeah. I mean maybe maybe not maybe not talent wise, he's better than. I mean he's definitely not better than Matt Stafford talent wise. Um. Because if like if if college Matt Stafford played on this team, good lord, they'd kill teams seventy to nothing. Yeah. Um. But losing losing Stenson Bennett, somebody who was so impactful for that team, um, it's definitely gonna hurt. They're gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do as far as quarterbacks go. Um. Crappy thing about being one of the better teams and competing this this long into the season, they kind of miss out on all the big guys who who are transferring. I mean that that maybe not that might not be an avenue that um <clears throat> that Kirby Smart goes for. Transfers might not be his big his big ideology as far as finding a quarterback. He is having two of the he is having the two best wide receivers that are transferring coming into his program, so that is gonna help out a lot. Um but you know they're just gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do as far as passing the ball. They do have some guys on roster right now that could step into that role. I mean, we saw Carson Beck take over for three, th- for um, three throws last night. They also have Brock Vandergriff and uh, Gunnar Stockton. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing as far as quarterback position goes. Um, but I mean, I think they're prime. I think they're prime for another three peat next for a three peat next year. Yeah, I mean, if they if they three peat it, then it's over. Like they're they're the top team. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I still think they're chasing Georgia, or they're cha- Christ. Georgia's chasing Georgia. They're only chasing themselves, in typical dog fashion. They might as they might, <laughs> chasing their own ass. They might, I mean, they might as they might as well be now at this point. I mean, I don't think Alabama's gonna be able to do something to keep up with them, considering the fact that they're losing Bryce Young, who's arguably the greatest talent that they've had a quarterback. Um, I mean, the offense wasn't really up to snub. The defense hasn't been what it has been. I mean, they're losing. I mean, what we had. Well, two we had we had two people from Alabama in our last mock draft going number one and two. Yeah, I mean on the defensive side of the ball alone, they're losing Will Anderson, uh, Battle Jordan Battle, right? yeah, Brian Branch, Brian Branch, Eli Ricks, um, Tua Tua, yeah, Tua Tua, um, and then I mean on the offense, like you said, I mean they're losing Jameer Gibbs, they're losing um, Bryce Young. <laughs> I mean, they're losing uh, their wider, at least one wide receiver. Jermaine but, Burton. Yeah. yeah, but to be honest, I haven't been like super impressed with Alabama wide receivers this year. Typically, no, there's always there's at least one. Yeah, it's more so been. I mean, I mean, their latest recruiting class as far as receivers go that should improve things, but um, but yeah, it just hasn't been. Um, it, ha- it this this season definitely hasn't been what it has been for them. Yeah, I mean, compared to like getting rid of, uh, you know. Jameson Williams and John Mechie, and then having uh, Jalen Waddle and um, Devontae Smith, and having um, Henry Rugg, or no, it was 
when was when was Jalen Waddle? Was that the Devontae Smith? Yeah. Where did Henry Ruggs come into it? Where were they all three? You're, I mean, Henry Henry Ruggs was there with him. I'm pretty sure it was. That was Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy, wasn't it? Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith all played together. Yeah, they were all. Yeah, I know. Well, I know they were on the same receiving room. But, but yeah, like, Hen- Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy were the year before, and then it was Jalen Waddle and um, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. Yeah, that's how it worked out. I was. That's what. That's what I was trying to piece together. I'm like, God, there've been so many of them. Yeah, they they all they all caught passes from Tua. And then, of course, it was Mac Jones who led who let Devonta Smith win the Heisman. Yeah, um, and then I mean, there's been the likes of <clears throat> Calvin Ridley in the league from Alabama, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper. I mean, that like that. If you ask me, that's wide receiver. You would. I mean, they 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 produce wide receivers. Been underwhelmed with who they've had this season. Yeah, and and. I mean, like the expectation is so high for a team like that. You're like, oh yeah, wow. they set the bar so yeah, high. You got you got to have the next superstar receiver on your roster, but it doesn't always work out that way. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, the SEC in general, they always pump out fucking stellar wide receivers. I mean, look at LSU. They had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry playing together at one point. Well, then they followed it up and they had Terrace Marshall, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. So I mean they they they've had some nutty wide receivers as well. I mean it's it's all across the SEC that they've always had great wide receivers. Yeah, which is crazy because you used to look out west to get your wide receivers. Like you were looking at uh, those California schools in the West Coast off, uh, offense. Right. You were like, hey, that's where we're gonna get our wide receivers. Now you're going down south and you're getting AJ Brown. Yeah, yeah, you're going down south for guys who are just freaks, physical specimens of nature. I mean, guys, guys who can block, guys who are fast, guys who are aggressive and. Can go up and win those jump ball contested catches, and that's what they do in the SEC for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, but <sighs> Georgia, congratulations on the national championship. You beat the living piss out of TCU. Yeah, so now it'll be interesting to see how how next season goes. Um, August will be here before we know it. It will be. It will be. Well, a top over to the NFL. Exciting stuff going on. Um, how did we do on our schedule predictions? Terrible. Yeah? We did awful. We how bad? Five picks right. Wow. Yeah, we fucking suck. There were 16 games that were played. If, we, if there were only five games played, we did pretty good. But no, there were 16 of them. On Friday's episode, can we? Uh, do you think we can figure out exactly how we did on schedule predictions as a total? Like for each individual team? What do you mean? Like we predicted the Ravens oh, schedule. Like, oh, how oh. did we do with our prediction, predictions oh. there? Like um, with the Rams, how did we do on our predictions there? You know what I mean? Like that's for Friday's episode. Yeah, um, I can definitely do that. Perfect for sure. Yeah, like like how they actually did, how we did. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, I got you. Perfect. That'd be fun to know. Yeah. What team? I I know we didn't do well on the Ravens. We uh, projected them doing a lot better than they did. We had the Ravens at a projected. 13 to 4. Yeah. Like I said, a lot better than what we did. We missed it by three games. Yeah. We also had the Texans that are projected 0 and 17. We weren't far off. We weren't far off. But I'll tell you, you know who was spot on last week? Me. Were you? I went one for one on my picks, but I'm going to give myself an extra half point because I literally said that the Texans are going to fuck themselves out of the first round, first overall pick. You did. You did call that. I mean, I went one for one as well. I, I had the uh, the Lions money line that hit um on the upset dude and they almost made it into the playoffs i know seahawks won on a freaking field goal in overtime to go to the playoffs yeah um with the lions win that is um and then i had the Jets spread at like plus three um or wait did i take them at plus three did that hit no 
They lost eleven to six. They lost by five. Yeah, bastards. Um, yeah, it took a plus three. Yeah, that did not hit. So I went one for one as well. The freaking Jets. That was pathetic. They haven't scored a touchdown in like four weeks. Yeah, they're yeah they're in, they're in rough shape. They got to do something about quarterback for sure. Um, but yeah, I went one for one as well. I'm gonna give myself a half point for the whole Houston thing. I said they were gonna. I I said Houston a two and a half. They won by one. Scored a touchdown on fourth and twenty. Yeah. And then followed it up with a two-point conversion to slam the door shut. Um, lost out on the number one pick, which I called. I'm very proud of that. You did. You did call it. Um, and, you know, it's funny. You know, Lovey Smith said, we play to win. That's all we do. I don't care about the drafts. I don't care about where we're drafting. None of that. Well, you Lovey should. S- Lovey Smith doesn't care anymore because he got fired afterwards. I wonder if he knew going into that game that his job was uh, not safe. So he's like... All right, well, if you're going to fuck me, I'm going to fuck you. Yeah. And maybe he did. I don't know. Uh, dude, Lovey Smith got screwed over. So Lovey Smith did get fired. Um, we didn't ex- explicitly say that, but Lovey Smith did get fired after one year in Houston. Dude, Houston has got to get it together. They, like, they have unreasonable expectations. They brought in uh, David Cully. They gave him a season and fired him. They brought in Lovey Smith, gave him a season and fired him. You can't give head coaches us one season and expect them to figure it out and turn it around. No, I mean, it It just doesn't work like that. Like, they could hire Bill Belichick tomorrow. Bill Belichick could not get this Houston Texans team into the playoffs in one season. No. Bill Belichick is widely regarded as the best coach in NFL history. Yeah. Bill Belichick could not turn this shit organization into a playoff team in a year. No. No. No way. Um... So yeah, they were definitely um, Houston's down bad. I also got, I also said Jacksonville money line. I said Jacksonville was going to take care of Tennessee to win the division. That was kind of a controversial game. Did I didn't I didn't I didn't watch the whole thing. I was I I I, I took stuff out on the date. There you go. Um, so the only reason the Jacksonville won is because of a strip sack on Josh Dobbs that was ran in for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. There was an argument to be made that Josh Dobbs arm was moving forward. Oh, I saw that. Was yeah. it? Was it? Mo- did it move a lot? No. But there's an argument to be made that his arm was moving forward. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, it was what it was. Jacksonville seeing, reaped the benefits of seeing, what Jack- will seeing Jacksonville in the playoffs as opposed to Tennessee is definitely much more entertaining. Well, yeah, I don't like Tennessee Titans. I don't like the Titans either. They're probably my second most hated team in the league. Behind the Bengals. Behind yeah. the Bengals. Yeah. I can't stand that. You know, it's really Mike Vrabel. I just don't like Vrabel at all. Yeah. There's, I, there's, I, I mean, I don't really mind the Titans. I just don't like Mike Vrabel. He, has like, he carries like an arrogance with him. And I don't know why. Because you caught, because you caught a touchdown when he played linebacker? Good for you. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't know. He carries an arrogance with him, which like I'm okay with. Like... Like, you made it to the AFC title game in your first year as a head coach. Congratulations. So did John Harbaugh. Okay, good for you. You, host, you hosted a playoff game then two years later, and you, and you lost. You haven't accomplished anything in the NFL. Yeah. Where is this, where is this sense of entitlement coming from? I mean, I'm, I'm okay with my head coach having a little swagger to him, a little arrogance to him, but... Right, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of swag or anything like that. I mean, it's just... I, there's, there's just something about Mike Vrabel that just rubs me the wrong way. Right. Makes me want to throw 
not foam bricks, Adam. Real bricks. Real bricks. Yeah. That are also foam. Damn. Bless you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. But a um, lot of head coaching positions up in the air right now. Um, so Cardinals also fired Cliff Kingsbury, their head coach. Saw that coming. Yeah. We saw that one coming a mile away. So as it sits right now, there are five head coaching positions open, um, likely with more to come. But it does sit with the Colts, the Panthers, the Broncos, the Texans, and the Cardinals are all open right now. Yeah, there are a lot of coordinator positions that are being opened up as well. Um, Tennessee fired their offensive coordinator today. The Commanders they fired their offensive coordinator today. Yeah. Um. So there's gonna so there's gonna be a lot of key positions available for a lot of franchises. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how things end up working out here. Um. For some teams, um. Some of the names that I've seen that have been floating around for some of the franchises they've been they've been not who I expected. Yeah. There's there's like guys like the. The Giants' offensive coordinator, like, right. teams have been requesting him, and I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, some of them have been, have been a little bit questionable. I mean, I think you are going to see, I think the really the only, like, monster name that you're going to see being hired is going to be Jim Harbaugh. I think he's going to be the only monster name. Sean Payton. I think, I think the Saints asking price for Sean Payton is going to be too high, and I think teams are going to say no. I think somebody's somebody will pay pay the piper on that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the whole thing with Sean Payton is you know you got to think. Okay, well, because <clears throat> of course he's still under con- he's still technically under contract by the Saints since he retired in the middle of his deal. Yeah. So in order to get him, you'd have to trade for him. You know the question. The question then comes: Okay, this guy's been out of football for what two years now, or a year? Like two years, he's been out of football. Two, yeah. Two years, he's been away from coaching. He hasn't been out of football because he's been like a, like commentating and out and like broadcasting, yeah, broadcasting stuff like that. Uh, so he's he's still been affiliated with the game. So he's been out he's been out of the game for the last two years as a coach. See, uh, Seattle, New Orleans says they want a first round pick for him. Well, I don't think Sean, I don't think a coach is worth a first a first round pick. It, I don't like, either. It, like, especially if your team was bad enough to fire your head coach, you have a premium pick. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it then comes the question: Okay, like, how valuable are your picks in order to get a head coach? Because when Drew Brees wasn't there, Sean Payton was significantly le- less less successful. Mm-hmm. So how? So yeah, Sean Payton is a very good coach, but how much of that success came from Drew Brees? Sean Payton is a Super Bowl winning coach. Okay, that's all good and fine. He wants for Super Bowl forty three. Like we're like we're we're about to start Super Bowl what fifty seven? I have no idea what number we're on at this point. Fifty eight, something like that. So I mean, we're way we're way past that like that argument where you can say, okay, well he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback or a Super Bowl winning coach. That's all good and fine, but you know it comes into a question of how valuable are these picks going to be for a team? Because the Saints as a whole, they're a team that don't have a lot of picks. So picks are incredibly valuable to them. Sure. So, of course, their asking price is going to stay firm. At what point do teams just say, you know what, fuck it. He's just not a guy we're interested in having at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, Sean Payton has interviewed with the Denver Broncos. Um, and the Broncos and the Saints have been in contact about like asking prices and everything like that. The Broncos are well aware that they're asking a one. Um, whether the Broncos actually give up that one or not, 
is uh, to be decided at this point. Their only one is the one that they got from the Bradley Chubb trade, which is via San Francisco. So that's going to end up being a pretty late first round draft pick. Right, right, yeah, it, yeah. All the all depending on when on when San Francisco ends their season. But for someone like Denver, it, like it doesn't make a. It's not a bad choice to get rid of that pick to get in Sean Payton. I mean, you bring in Sean Payton. Who else are you really going to bring in at maybe twenty eight or so, twenty eight or later in the draft? That's going to make as much of a difference as Sean Payton is going to make for you. I mean, the Broncos are a team that don't have a lot of holes to fill. According to the Poppy and Holman Sports Lab, that would be Jared Verse. So who's more impactful, Jared Verse or Sean Payton? When you have Russell Wilson at quarterback, you're going to have Javante Williams coming back off of his injury. Um, I don't know what else they do at running back, too. Maybe it's Tyler Beatty. Maybe they do keep on Latavius Murray. I don't know what that looks like. Well, see, the thing is, so since Nathaniel Hackett has been fired, the offense has been humming. Yeah, they've actually, they've actually played pretty well. The offense has been playing pretty well. It's the defense has kind of been shit to bed for him a little bit. Well, and Sean Payton's going to bring in Vic Fangio. He's going to bring him back in, who's already familiar with these players. But then again, you know, adding another pass rusher would be a hell of a lot more important than getting a coach who you're not into. Look, the Broncos fired Vic Fangio for a reason. The defense sucked under Vic Fangio. He was also the head coach. But he was still a defensive head coach. I agree. But he's, I don't know, maybe Sean Payton would change up his staff if that's the case. But I, I really don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think the most likely big name is Jim Harbaugh, um, especially, especially with, the, with what's going on at Michigan. Apparently, it's really not that serious. Like, it, it's serious in the fact that, like, he lied about it, but it was, like, apparently he, like, had some recruits at, like, a restaurant and bought them, like, a hamburger, but then lied about it. I read that somewhere. Well, no, it's a little bit more in-depth than that. That's what I read. I mean... He lied to the NCAA. That's what I'm saying. He lied about it. That's something they take seriously, though. Yeah, they'll be fine. But the, but the, th- the thing is, he didn't cooperate with them. I know. That's what I'm saying. But like, what actually happened was not that big of a deal. It's just the matter that he lied about it. Well, I don't know. I mean, the, f- the fact that he's being investigated, it's still, it's still not a good thing. Especially with the way that... And, and this, this is also a thing. The way that he lost to TCU... To follow it up and watch the team get that he lost to get destroyed. I think that kind of calls, I think that kind of questions how good Michigan actually is. I mean, would you agree? I don't know. Then we can take it back, back two weeks and watch Michigan beat the crap out of Ohio State. How good's Ohio State? But then, but then again, Michigan scored on three. On four chunk plays. I mean, you eliminate chunk plays, that's a different game. I know, but that's a vicious cycle of falling back and saying, well, this team beat that team, and we beat this team, and this team lost to that team, but we beat this. Like, that's a vicious cycle. We could sit here all day and come to the conclusion that, like, Notre Dame is the best team in the country, which is not true. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. But, I mean, I mean on, to- on top of the fact that the recruiting class wasn't as great, I don't, kn- I don't know if Blake Quorum's made a decision. He has. He's going back. He's going back to Michigan. Yes, okay, he is. Okay, well, that, that, could, that can be an indicator that Jim Harbaugh's not really leaving. I don't, I don't think this is going to be a huge hiring session. Like, like, oh, my gosh, that's such a big name, blah, 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 blah. I think you're going to see guys like Mike Kafka get hired. I think he's, he, he's a legitimate 
um, guy right now for the um, for the coaching job in Carolina. Um, I think you will see someone. I mean, you're you're going to get guys who have been doing a solid job, in at where they're at now. You're going to get safe jobs because right now. And you can argue this. You can argue this either way. I think Carolina's probably the most appealing, appealing job right now. Hmm. If I'm a coach with the Walton family and not knowing what the hell's going on with Russell Wilson, I want no part with that. Not really knowing the whole situation of Kyler Murray, I don't want any part in that. Because your team's gonna suck till he comes back, and they're so cap stricken that I, I, I really don't want a part in that. As long as Jim Ursay still has a lot of control, and he didn't get rid of Trent Baalke, I don't want any part in Indianapolis. Apparently, uh, Jeff Saturday is still uh, in contention for the head coaching job next season. That's not good. Yeah. No, I think I agree with you. I, I think the Panthers are the most sought-after job. Um, not that they're the most talented team on the list, but it's the most sought-after because it's the uh, division with the most question marks in it. I mean, legitimately, you could take over that Panthers job and... You have the you have a lot of set pieces in place. You got a few pieces. You have a few uh, positions you have to figure out, but then you're going to be go- playing in a division with the Falcons, who may or may not have a new quarterback. Desmond they're, Ritter might be their guy. Might not they're, be. They're they're in rough shape. People are saying that the Saints are a very popular pick to go from worst to first. Do not read into that because they are negative $65 million in cap space. Yeah, they got a lot of people to move on. They have a lot of contracts. They're about to move. The Saints are going to be bad next season. Yeah, I don't don't foresee them being very good. And then the Buccaneers, they're losing a lot of pieces on defense. And I think they're going to be losing their shot caller in uh, Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's out of Tampa Bay there. That's the Panthers division for the taking. Um, one if, person, if Sam Darnold started sooner, they win that division. Honestly, one person that I really, I really like that I think could take over. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be pretty sought after, especially after the season. Is the Eagles' offensive coordinator? He did a damn good job this year. Uh, I believe his name is Shane uh, Steichen. Steichen. I've seen the name. I just don't know how to pronounce it. S T I. S T E I C H E N Steichen Steichen something it's something like that. I know exactly what you're talking about. I just don't know how to pronounce it. In the realm of that, um, someone like D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator from the 49ers, yep. that's a good guy as well. Dan Quinn giving him another shot. The defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. I think Dan Quinn definitely will get a job somewhere. Dan Quinn is uh, damn well deserving of a head coaching job, and mm-hmm. even their offensive coordinator, uh, Kellen Moore. Yeah, I think he could. He's a name you could see go out as a. Uh, as a head coach somewhere. There's a lot of guys out there. Of course, Eric Bieniemy is probably going to be interviewed again. He's interviewed like for the last three years. Um, I think Wink Martindale from the Giants, their defensive coordinator that came from Baltimore, he's a guy that could potentially interview as a head coach somewhere as well. Um, I think Byron Leftwich might be out. He might try to expand his wings and try to be a head coach somewhere. There's a lot of guys. Uh, the Bills OC, Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey, potentially, yeah. Brian Flores might take another shot at uh at being a head coach somewhere. This is a name that has been uh linked to uh to Carolina. This is the, th- these are just a few names that they've that they've um interviewed already. They've interviewed Ben Johnson, the OC from the Lions, Mike, Mike Kafka from the Giants, um the the cat from the Eagles that you were just talking about, they interviewed him. Shane. We'll call him Shane. 
Uh, Ken Dorsey, he got interviewed. Steve Wilkes. Okay. He's in contention to reclaim the job. And uh, making his um, making his appearance again as the head coach, Jim Caldwell. Really? Yep. Those wow. Are, those are just some of the names that have been thrown out for Carolina. Uh, personally, I think Steve Wilkes is probably the best man for the job. Um, I mean, the whole coaching thing, we're not going to get too far into it. Just as I, I think there will be more positions becoming available. Um, a team like the Rams, I think, is going to become is, is going to become available. Yeah, there's questions around Sean McVay. Um, he's even come out and said he's not sure what his future looks like. Um, that leaves a huge question mark on the Los Angeles Rams there. But to be honest, I don't really blame McVay. Mm-hmm. Um, the experiment worked. You won a Super Bowl. You have nothing left to prove. He signed like a huge deal with I think Amazon to call games for them. Um, or be a part of their broadcasting like network. Yeah, when he's when he's done coaching. When he's done coaching, I mean, it's a very lucrative deal that he signed. He's he's an absolute offensive genius. He understands the offensive game just very very well. Um, I think I think Sean McVay's out. I think yeah. he understands that team is going to be in shambles. It's going to be a long rebuild. Yeah, I mean, consider the fact they have no draft picks whatsoever. I mean, their first they don't have they will not pick in the first round until next year, I believe. So that would be, I think their last first round pick was Jared Goff. So from Jared, you're right. So from Jared Goff in 2016 to 2020, the 2024 NFL draft. That's almost 10 years without a first round pick. But I mean, they, they they've just kept moving off of them in order to try and bring in these, bring in more and more guys who are going to be difference makers for the team. Yeah. Like like you said, the experiment worked. They won a Super Bowl. They they ultimately achieved their goal. Trading for Jalen Ramsey. Trading for Matt Stafford. All the money they gave to Cooper Cup. All the money they gave to Aaron Donald. You know, all those things worked. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be in a re- rebuild here, especially if McVay leaves. Um, I think Matt Stafford is either traded or retired. Um, I think he's... I, I don't think... I don't foresee him coming back to Los Angeles. Um, if he... If he doesn't retire, they're going to trade him. I think they're moving off of him, getting what they can. Um, I think Jalen Ramsey's being traded. They're gonna move on from him. Baltimore. Interesting. Um, that'd be sick. That would be cool. Um, I think you could see Aaron Donald's probably gonna retire. Um, he's already talked about it. He barely even came back for this season. Um, and then got injured. So I think he's done. I think he's gonna retire. Um, Cam Akers is gonna be gone. He he's I think he's going to be out of L.A. That one's a little bit more questionable for me. I think he'll stay because he started running the ball really well there at the end of the season. I mean, he did, but it was also a team that kind of gave up on him, and it was what it was. But they gave up on him, and, they, and then they re and then they gave him more faith again. So I think I think I think I think they could keep him personally potentially. Um, Al, I think Allen Robinson's going to be gone. I think they'll probably move off. He'll of be him. a casualty. Yeah. yeah um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if they just hit a just a massive reset button on this thing. So the whole thing with Matt Stafford is is that they're kind of stuck with him. They're stuck with Matt Stafford. Because right now he accounts for 8.7% of their cap. Let's say he tried to... Um, what do you want to do? You want to cut or trade him? You need to trade him, obviously, right? Well, they're going to trade or he's going to retire. Carry a Those are the only two options. Carry a little bit of value. Let's say Matt Stafford says, fuck it, I ain't going anywhere. I want to make my... I want to get my twenty million dollars, my prorated my prorated bonus of eighteen and a half million, and my base salary of one and a half. I want my twenty million dollars. Okay, they say no. We're gonna trade you. 
or we're going to attempt to trade you. Okay. Well, have fun taking on $74 million in dead cap and losing $54 million in cap. <laughs> he ain't retiring either. <laughs> $20 million off the table. I don't think he retires. Not just me. I, I don't think they bring him back. I think the whole reason he went out there was because of Sean McVay. If Stafford is on the is on the roster for the third day of the 2023 league year, his 2023 option bonus and 2024 base salary would become fully guaranteed. Yeah, they're definitely moving off of him. I think they're going to have to take the L here. It worked. The experiment worked. Uh, but you keep backloading deals, and eventually it's going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the third. That's the third day of uh, free agency, I believe. The third day of the league year, I think, is... <clears throat> I, th- I think that's what it is. So, I mean, they ha- they'll have to make a decision before free agency starts. I just I don't think Matt Stafford wants to come back if McVay isn't there. I think that's the big thing. But would you not come back for $20 million? I also don't have the financial stability that Matt Stafford does. I would do a lot for $20 million. I, I think Matt Stafford would ride the bench for $20 million. $20 million. I'd throw the ball with my left hand for $20 million. Yeah. I'd throw an interception on every single play if I threw the ball with my left hand. I'd do it for $20 million. I mean, the crazy thing is, is that Matt Stafford still has a lot to offer. I mean, yeah, he didn't have a great year this year. Um, the Rams were just terrible in total this year. They were. I mean, they, they, they were just abysmal this year. I mean, he threw for 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns to 8 picks, but, you know, they had no offensive line help. That's a big issue. He was sacked, good Lord, he was sacked 29 times in 9 games. Yeah, that's just unthinkable. Yeah. But yeah, dude, they have they have a lot of pieces they have to fill in. They have absolutely zero draft capital to do so. Well, top-end draft capital, I should say. I'm sure they have later picks, but they got to start getting rid of some of those guys and, and start unwinding this experiment for yeah. the future. Because unfortunately, the NFL does move on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the Rams' job definitely will be open. Matt, I mean, Aaron Donald, I think, definitely will retire. I think he's hitched his wagon to uh, Sean McVay at this point now. And yeah. I, th- I, th- I think once McVay's done, Aaron Donald's done. I mean, both of those guys have nothing left to prove. Yeah, well, what, do you, what do you have left to prove you know, to people? If, 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 if their careers ended today, I mean, I think Sean McVay's is hall, a Hall of Fame head coach. I think you can make the argument for it, for sure. Maybe not first ballot, but yeah, I yeah. think eventually. I, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Donald's the most dominant NFL player. Uh, dominant defensive player we've seen yeah and at least like for me like watching football and actually remembering watching football that like, includes jj watt he yeah. was much more dominant than jj watt and jj watt was damn good because he stayed healthy yeah jj watt had just jj watt just had like the worst injuries too it's like oh torn pec torn bicep right that was ter- those are terrible injuries but i mean i mean wrapping back around to stafford i mean i th- i think he'll I think he'd be dumb to not take an extra $20 million. He's 34. I mean, this is the thing. I don't think any team is going to want him at a $20 million cap hit. Yeah. And, and the Rams can't afford to, to cut him. And I think he knows he still has more to prove at 34. Yeah, I mean, he definitely still has some gas left of the tank, but I think the, I, I just think McVay is the, the glue that holds, holds the uh, house together here. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I, th- I think once he says, I, I retire, I mean, I mean, the whole thing is that you have to find, like, you're going to have to trade away Stafford for peanuts. Peanuts. Yeah. Because on the third day of the league year, not only does this year's salary become fully guaranteed, but so does next year's. 
So, I mean, the Rams really put themselves in a bind. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, maybe they could give Stafford to the Saints. Um, let, uh, <laughs> let, uh, what's his name come in? Sean Payton. They'll bring in Sean Payton, get rid of Sean, uh, get rid of, uh, Sean McVay and bring in Sean Payton. That's, that's not too bad of a switch out there. But like you said, the Saints have absolutely zero cap room to do anything of the sorts. Right. Bringing in a guy who has a $20 million cap hit when you're already 65 million in the red, that's just like, that's like, that's like trying to mop up the ocean. Yeah, I wonder who the Saints are going to get rid of. That's something we'll have to look into. Not now, but at some point. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen guys like like names of like Cam Jordan, Tyron Matthew, Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas has been the big one. Mike Thomas has been a bust the past couple seasons. He has. I mean, I mean, Mike Thomas just has his injury issues. Yeah, he's he's a darn good receiver when he's on the field, but. He can't find the way to the field too often. No. Uh, but it leaves you up for question, like, what's next for Baker Mayfield? Like, he kind of went out there. Seems like he might have found a little little rhythm out there. He was he was playing okay football out there in Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. with Sean McVay leaving, Matt Stafford questions, I have no idea what's next for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's a good question as far as, what the, as, far as what's going to happen with him because he's definitely a guy who he, he proved, like, hey, look, I can still do it too. I think he's still a starting quarterback in the NFL. I know you disagree. We had this conversation a few weeks ago. I still think Baker Mayfield is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Seeing what Baker Mayfield did on such a short notice when he got to the Rams, he changed my opinion. I don't think he is a starting quarterback, but he is a quarterback that is capable of a spot start to get you a win. So he didn't really change your mind. He's not a starting quarterback, no, but I but but he is he is capable of, of being on a team, spot start, starter gets hurt, comes in, few games, ride the wave, he can get you a few wins. I think he can still start in the NFL. I mean I'm sure I'm sure a team will give him an opportunity to start in the NFL. I don't know who, because you know, you have teams like um you're going to have teams like the Texans who are going to draft a quarterback. The Colts will draft a quarterback. The Jets are going to draft a quarterback. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, there's a lot of free agent moves out there. V- very true. But the Raiders will draft a quarterback. Maybe. I don't know. I, 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 would, I would go with Levis at seven as opposed to a free agent. Well, I think potentially, I don't know, maybe they bring in Tom Brady. There's a lot of rumors of Tom Brady going to Vegas. I mean, you could bring in Levis to sit behind Tom Brady, and that's a great move, too, for longevity, but you could also get Tom Brady a piece. Offensive lineman. I mean, I get that. I do. I don't know. A lot of questions out there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But a team like the Jets are are looking at the Jimmy Garoppolo's and uh, Derek Carr's out there. That's it. Those are two guys that could fit into the offense pretty well. But those are also two guys that I think are better than Baker Mayfield. Um, da, 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 da. Derek, Derek Carr for sure. Derek Carr without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, Derek Carr for sure. I think you can make an argument that Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield kind of are the same quarterback. But I mean, I mean, the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo just looks better. Jimmy Garoppolo is also not reckless. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's got a little bit more, a uh, little bit more uh, sense to him. 
Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> he's got, he's had a little bit more sense to him when he's throwing the football as opposed to Baker. But I mean that was ba- I mean Baker was a gunslinger when he came into the NFL, so that was that was something that was pretty that was pretty well known. You know? Yeah, I mean you could make a case they're the same quarterback, um, skill wise. Potentially, yeah. I mean another guy that's up for uh, up for debate here is Aaron Rodgers. What the hell's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I mean, this is this is going to be the dominant headline once Lamar Jackson inevitably signs his contract. Um, that's something we'll touch on here in just a minute. Um, but once he inevitably signs his contract, and once things kind of start falling into line as far as who's going where and all that shit, this is again going to be the big news of the NFL heading into the offseason. Um, it was really spurned on by you know the way he was the way he was acting after they lost to Detroit. At home, he was kind of like taking it all in, almost it seemed like for the last time. That was kind of the way he was carrying himself when he was walking on the field. Um, Lions rookie wide receiver Jameson Williams said, hey, can I have a jersey? Can we do a jersey swap? He told Jameson Williams, sorry, I'm going to hang on to this one. That's pretty indicative of a, of a guy that knows his future already. Yeah, he's out the door. Whether, it's, whether he's retiring or whether, the, or whether the Packers are going to head in another direction, that will remain to be seen. Well, Pat McAfee was saying, so every Tuesday, uh, he has Aaron Rodgers on the show. It's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Claims it every, every week. Aaron Rodgers was not on the show this week because Aaron Rodgers was in the middle of meetings with the Green Bay Packers. 47 minutes ago, the Cardinals were putting DeAndre Hawkins on the trade block. I, I kind of knew that coming. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of knew that was coming. Um, Somebody clipped this and sent it to the Baltimore Ravens. We want DeAndre Hawkins. Yeah. And Keenan Allen. And Lamar Jackson to win to sign a contract. I need to see Lamar Jackson in the number one jersey. Why number one? Because he said after he wins the Super Bowl, he's changing his number to number one. Oh, he did say that, didn't he? I forgot about that. Yes. I need to see it. As an owner of a Lamar Jackson eight jersey, I'd prefer not. You don't want it to win a Super Bowl. I mean, I do, but I mean, that's I... the price you have to pay. Choose wisely. I clearly didn't when I spent $120 on the jersey. I just spent $120. I got that. I got that thing on sale. You were willing to. Well, never mind. What am I talking about? Um, I, to be honest with you, I think a place uh, I could see would potentially be Aaron Rodgers in Tennessee. Hmm, interesting. They need a quarterback, uh, pretty darn badly. Um, uh, I've heard I've heard people talking about it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in that Tennessee. was kind of that was kind of rumored last year too. Yeah, well, he bought a house down there. That also that happened to be coincidence, allegedly. Al- allegedly, but that happened to be coincidence. Um, I don't know because Ryan Tannehill is going to be gone. They're they really need a quarterback down there. Um, they got a run game. They got a decent defense. Run game for now. For now. Um, they do need some help at the wide receiver position, but I mean, I, that's a place I could see Aaron Rodgers ending up, possibly in Tennessee. Um, Tennessee shipping off some pieces to um to Green Bay because he is under contract, so it's not just like a free agent signing. This is a trade that's going to have to happen. But my my so my question is, what would you give up in order in order to get Aaron Rodgers? Because right now you're taking on a cap hit of thirty one million dollars in order to bring him in. I'm looking at these numbers in real. I'm looking at all these numbers because it's now this is like it's one thing to like talk about it and say, oh, what if, what if, what if. But now it's like okay. For 18 teams, season's over. 
this is no longer a what-if scenario. This is now the real effing deal. Yeah. So now, I mean, you know, if you are the Titans, you know, you need so, you need so much help a wide receiver and all that stuff, would you be willing to take on $31 million? Albeit, it's, not the, it's, not, it's relatively cheap in terms of quarterback play, but is that something that you'd be willing to take on? Yeah, absolutely. Would you? Okay. Because I think the Titans, I mean, they were competing for the division this year with their final two games with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. True. Their last three games, they had Malik Willis and Josh Dobbs playing. Three or four weeks, whatever it was. And that was with Ryan Tannehill. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than the three of those combined. I mean... Yeah, you gotta you gotta take a chance while you can. I think uh, Tennessee's kind of in a win now job, uh, like a position. Um, Vrabel knows his job is not the safest in the NFL. He's got to make a bit of a splash. They heading, just fired their general manager. Heading into next season, granted, this is all provided that Vrabel doesn't get fired this offseason, which I think there still is a chance that he could. I'm not ruling it out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we said we said it last week. I'm still not ruling it out. Um, I would say that Vrabel's job is on the shortest leash heading into next season. Uh, behind Cleveland's. Kevin Stefanski. I think, he, I think they're going to give him more room than, than you think because they're going to say, well, the team sucked, yeah, but you know, you didn't have Deshaun Watson all year. Because I, I, think, I think that team's still delusional that Deshaun Watson's going to figure it out. Yeah. Those two are on short leashes, though. Oh, very short leashes. I, mean, I think Brandon Staley's on a short leash if he doesn't even get fired after this weekend. Yeah, yeah, d- yeah. Depending on what happens there, because he he really screwed the pooch. La- I mean, similar to Zach Taylor, um, with uh, leaving all of his starters him in a seemingly meaningless game, um, and no, it wasn't seemingly. It, it was. was. Yeah, it was, we had already lost. Yeah, they, 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 the five seed was theirs. That's a very good point. Yeah, it was a very meaningless game, and he left a lot of his starters in there a little bit too long. I mean, including Mike Williams having to be carted off the field. Yes. Um, so mismanagement there. Yeah, he's he's gonna be on a short leash. If they lose bad this weekend to Jacksonville, he's out. I think I think he'll be gone. Yeah. Yeah, he's out. If it, if it's anything more than a touchdown loss, I think he's out. And see, now that's a team that I could see bringing in Sean Payton. Because the the five the five that are open right now, I'd say no. I would say no because those are all teams where their first round picks are so valuable. You need them in order to help your franchise out. A team like the Chargers, it's not as valuable. They they already have a very solid roster to begin with. Well, I'd say the Broncos doesn't just because it's coming from the Forty ers That's that that's the only reason. I mean, very very true. But you know, the Broncos have some cat problems too now at this point. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, get, getting younger. That's. I mean, they need offensive line help. They need like more. They need more pass rush. So, I mean, keeping Russell Wilson upright as opposed to having him someone competent to tell him what play to run. I think that's a little bit more important. That's my my opinion, of course. I'm just saying their draft pick it could go to Sean Payton. Anywho, of course. Um. But yeah, I mean, as far as what happens with Aaron Rodgers, that's a, that's a very good point or a very good question. Um, honestly, I think the team that's most likely going to be his number one suitor, um, just because I I don't know, it's some it's something about it. There's two of them that really stand out in my mind. Number one is the Jets. You think they're getting rid of Salah? Huh? You think they're getting rid of Salah? 
I said Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I thought you were talking about Sean Payton. No, I went back. Still. To, I went back to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, um, I don't know if you specified that or not, or if I just zoned out. You zoned out. I said. I said. I said, "What happens with Aaron Rodgers?" Was, is a good question. Yep, I was reading on the screen. Yeah, you're okay. Um, I think I think the Jets are a possible destination for Aaron Rodgers. He's played in the cold. He can handle. He can handle the market. And this seems like a Jets move. I don't know if he could handle that New York market. I mean, he get really pissed off, but like, like. He can barely handle the Green Bay market. Aaron Rodgers is not the type of guy that'll crack under pressure. That's that's kind of what I'm hinting at. Yeah, but he belittled the media members in New York. Well, that's okay. That's not a problem. So does almost every other athlete. Fair. So that's 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 not a problem. But I think um, you know, with having with having somebody a running back with the likes of Brees Hall, Michael Carter, that's a step down from what you have as far as the running backs go in Green Bay with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. But if you look at the receiving courts, it's it's an upgrade tenfold. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, who's a free agent, he could get cut. Um, Garrett Wilson. Like Garrett Wilson was the number one receiver taken. No, he wasn't. He was the second. Wasn't he? Uh yeah. He was behind Drake London. Yes. That's my thought. Um But still, I mean I mean the receiving court there is very, very good. I mean and I mean the defense is baller. That's a team I can see giving up their first round back in order to get a quarterback. They might have to give up more than just a first for Aaron Rodgers, though. I think that's the only part. I agree. I agree with that aspect, but I think the Jets are kind of—they're kind of in a scenario where it's like, well, I think the de- the defense was expected to be pretty good this year, but I think they, I think they overachieved. Yeah, they well, they were playing with their hair on fire for a while there. Yeah, I mean, having having a guy who was already arguably the best corner in the league in Sauce Gardner, I mean, that helps a lot. Um, but I mean, I mean, the defense really played well as a, as a whole, and I mean, I think their defense is only going to get better. Um, because uh, I mean, guy like um Jermaine Johnson, he didn't really do a whole lot last year. Their their rookie pass rusher from Florida State, give him another year, refine it a little bit, and he'll be he'll be ready to go. Um, then go out and produce more. I think I think the Jets are a good scenario, or would be a really good scenario for Aaron Rodgers. The next one, this one's sneaky. I don't know why. It just kind of stands out in my mind because they're a team that needs a quarterback really, really well. The Commanders. Yeah, I mean they do need a they do need a quarterback really bad. I don't know if that's a place that entices um, Aaron Rodgers enough. I don't think it entices him enough either. But the thing is, I don't know if he has a no trade clause. I don't think he does. So I mean he's so I mean he could he could tell the he could tell the uh the, the Packers like hey look I would prefer to go here or here but ultimately he could trade them to fucking Houston Houston if they wanted to that'd be funny that'd be interesting that'd be hysterical that would be hysterical <laughs> but it's it, like it's something about the it's something about the burgundy and yellow I could see Aaron Rodgers playing in that. I guess it just depends on whoever uh, whoever they get at offensive coordinator and if Ron Rivera's job is even safe. Yeah, I, I, I mean, with the fact that he didn't get fired Monday, I think it's a little safer than what we thought. Potentially. But I, I think it was potentially safer than we thought. I think if anything for Ron Rivera, it might be retirement to avoid being fired. 
could you imagine Aaron Rodgers walking into that uh, the Commanders with Dan Snyder still as the owner and all the fucking mess around that? And then you add Aaron Rodgers' cryptic ass into that situation. <sighs> could be another Antonio Brown scenario when he got traded to the Raiders. Oh, God. That'd be funny. That'd be really funny. The only difference is I don't think uh, Aaron Rodgers could be throwing out racial slurs during practice like Antonio Brown did. That's a very good point. That's an extremely good point. <laughs> he could. He would just get his ass kicked. I, I'm not ruling it out. Um, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers would just get his ass kicked relentlessly if he did. I think Aaron Rodgers does have enough. Uh, a dove have does have enough brain power to know that that you can't do that. Right. He That's bad. He hasn't been hit enough. He hasn't been hit as many times as uh, Antonio Brown did. Yeah, I eat. I don't. I don't know what's going on with that guy, but. Um, Probably the biggest news, at least for us today. I mean, this is probably the biggest news in the NFL at the moment. Um, earlier this season, Ravens traded. Uh, this was this was probably the biggest and most I don't know if it's the biggest most blockbuster deal. Um, Ravens trading for uh, middle linebacker Roquan Smith. Um, the TJ Hawkinson was probably the most surprising uh, deal, especially because it was in conference or in division. Um, Ravens trading for Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith has only elevated this Baltimore's defense. They've been top of the league since he's been here. Uh, he's elevated the play of Patrick Queen. I don't know how. I don't know why. If Roquan just sees the game differently and relays it to Patrick Queen, if both of them just play with a little bit more recklessness because they know they got their brother next to him to back him up, um, I don't know what it's been. But since Roquan Smith has joined this defense, this Baltimore defense has been damn good yeah i mean since he's gotten to baltimore we've the ravens have been allowing 14.7 points per game um they're allowing 288.8 yards a game and 3.5 yards a carry to give you an idea of what that looked like of what the defense looked like before roquan smith got here do you know this number i do not we were averaging 4.4 yards per carry which still isn't terrible but we cut it down by a yard we could we cut we cut it down by a by almost a full yard, um, we were at we were allowing an average of three hundred and sixty four point four yards a game. Good lord! So we've almost cut it down by a hundred yards because of one player. Yeah, I told you earlier in the year that I like legitimately I thought Roquan Smith is the best linebacker in football. I I think I told told you top three. I still think Fred Warner's up there. I mean. I don't think, like, you could put Fred Warner on any team. I don't think he's making a 100-yard difference. It's tough to say, but we've seen it with Roquan Smith. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what he's done to, to, get that, to get that room ready, but that defense is playing out of their mind. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it, it, it just has to, be, it has to be one of those things where it's like, okay, look, this guy sees the game in such a different light. It has to be. That it's like, okay, he knows, like, Roquan Smith just knows what's happening. Yeah, his instincts are just incredible. Oh, he's he's all over the place. Like you just watch him and it like they're running the ball and he just knows I have to shoot the B gap here. He shoots the B gap and there's the running back. Yeah, and see and see the crazy thing is like he can like like he must have he must like whisper to Patrick Queen, like, hey, look, I'm gonna do this. You go here, because I think that'd be the other spot they're going to. Yeah. And like odds are one of them are making the fucking play. If I shoot the B gap, get the A gap on the cutback, and I got you. Right. Get 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 the A gap on the weak side. I'm going B on the strong. 
I got this. If I don't, you do. And then it fucking happens. And Patrick Queen has to look at him and be like, dude, how did you know that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this, I mean, this is a great number one. It was a great trade by Baltimore to begin with. We talked about it early in the very, very early in the season. This was this was something that I told you was a pipe dream, but it would have been really cool if it happened. Because Roquan asked for a trade, and the Bears like we're at least hearing it out for a little bit, but decided no, we're not right, doing right. it. Yeah, Roquan eventually decided, okay, I'm going to hold in. I'm going to be here for my brothers. But I still went out. Ultimately, I believe this was the actual deal he wanted. Yeah, I mean... He, we, just, he wanted to be the highest paid linebacker in the league because he thought he was the best one. We gave up a second round pick for him, and I was like, dude, giving up a second round pick a for second, a half a year lease is... Uh, a second, a fifth, and A.J. Klein. Which they ended up releasing AJ Klein anyway, who went back to the Bills, who we signed from their practice squad. So it all came full circle there for AJ Klein. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we give him a second round pick. I'm like, man, if we don't re-sign him, this is a huge risk to take on giving up a second round pick for a guy that's a half a year lease or a yeah. year and a half lease, whatever it was. Baltimore Ravens signed him to a five year, hundred dollar, hundred million dollar. Hundred dollars. Could you imagine playing for a hundred dollars over five years? I could actually. I'd do it. Um, hundred million dollars. It comes out to about twenty million dollars a year. But he got forty million dollars in fully guaranteed money, or forty-five million of fully guaranteed money, and sixty million in guarantees. Yeah. So, so the way the contract works out, that'll be interesting to see how that all comes out here in the next coming in the next coming days. Um. Of course, it has been agreed upon in principle. I don't think Roquan Smith's put pen to paper yet, but it's widely expected that he will probably sometime this week before we head to Cincinnati for the playoff game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the whole how the whole deal plays out, and I'm sure. And and I know I know this is something that Holman was thinking to himself. Okay, well. I'm sure you guys are thinking this all. Everybody's probably thinking now. This almost guarantees we're going to franchise tag Lamar Jackson, right? Well, if you don't know the numbers, yeah, of course you can't think to yourself like, "Hey, they they got all the other salaries they got to pay. Now they're paying this guy this much money. Now they have to pay their quarterback forty five plus million dollars a year. There's no way." But luckily, your boy knows the numbers because you looked them up. Because I did, yeah. You didn't. You didn't know them. You just knew to look them up. Yeah. Um. So this is this is of course before the deal even starts. Um. But but like like we said, you know, Roquan's deal is worth about sixty million in total guarantees. It's a hundred million dollars total. It averages about it averages out to twenty million dollars a year. But if you really break it down, he's getting sixty million up front. That leaves forty million dollars to be paid out over five years. Meaning average annual average annual value of the contracts about eight million dollars a year over five years. So it's not really hitting the salary cap too too hard. It's not, and and of course contracts these days are so backloaded now, as opposed to being front loaded. Because like, okay, if you're gonna sign a guy this like, if you're signing a guy of this caliber to your team, odds are you're contending, and you should be having more guys signing. Yeah. Right. So let's say it's backloaded. His last last two years, the deal are worth, I don't know. Let's say. Shits and giggles. Let's just say it's worth fourteen million one year and twenty million the next. So that's six million in one direction and twelve in another. Yeah. 
that's going to make the that's going to make the first three years of the deal cheaper. The Ravens currently are sitting at about fifty two million dollars in cap. So even if it is eight million dollars flat the whole way across the across the whole entire life of the contract, that still gives you about forty five million dollars that you can pay Lamar Jackson. So then it just becomes a question of okay, well, what's the number for Lamar? We were kind of discussing it. I think it's going to be in the neighborhood of two hundred million guaranteed. If it's not fully guaranteed, which I think it will be. Yeah, you, I mean, you and I were having the conversation about the fully guaranteed thing. I think, unfortunately, it is the way that the NFL is going. I don't think it's smart for the NFL to go this way. It's going to be a very slippery slope, um, and teams are going to run into the fact that everybody's going to want guaranteed money at that point because it all starts with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could say Kirk Cousins, but like, not really. It that was, started that, with the that, Deshaun Watson yeah, deal. The Kirk Cousins thing, that was a very small sample size because he got he got a three-year, I forget what the exact number of the contract, I think it was like $108 million over three years. Yeah, it's an, he didn't have like that blockbuster deal that Deshaun Watson had. No. I mean, Deshaun Watson got 200 and some million dollars fully guaranteed to him. Right. Um, so, it started with him, and that if Lamar Jackson gets it now, that's going to be the precedent moving forward. Yeah. Then you're going to see Joe Burrow get that. Then you're going to see Justin Herbert get that. Then you're going to see potentially Tua Tagovailoa get it. Maybe. That's to be seen. Jalen Hurts is going to want that with the way that he's been playing. And if he gets them to a Super Bowl or wins them a Super Bowl this year, he's for sure going to get that. you got Trevor Lawrence who's going to want that. Justin Fields is going to ask for that. Then you got all these big-name guys asking for these fully guaranteed contracts. Teams are going to have to give it to them because that's what the precedent has been set. Now you're running into the issue like we were talking about with Matthew Stafford and the dead cap. And Russell Wilson and his dead cap, you're going to run into the issue with all of these teams having a shit ton of salary cap issues because of dead cap hits. They're going to be stuck with players. They're going to be stuck with contracts and teams aren't going to be able to rebuild. Well, there's one solution to that. You don't have a hard cap like the NFL does. Then you're going to run into the issue of teams spending more money than others, potentially trying to buy championships. Which is why the MLB ultimately put in a salary cap. It's not a hard salary cap, but it's you pay a luxury tax. Yeah. So people like the Dodgers and the Yankees stop freaking buying championships. Well, now it's the Mets. Well, and now it's the Mets drying it. Yeah. It's going to be a very slippery slope. Unfortunately, I think it's the way it's going. I don't think it's the right way to go. Not that these players don't deserve to be paid. I'm not saying that one bit. I just think from the team's perspective which ultimately trickles down into the fans' perspective, it's going to be a very slippery slope, and it's going to get ugly before it gets beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, you and I agree and disagree on, 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 certain, on certain things pertaining to the topic. I mean, I do agree that it is going to be a slippery slope, but unfortunately, it's just, it's just kind of the way that we're heading into now. From a player's perspective, this is beautiful. Yeah. From everybody else's perspective, this is going to get ugly before it gets beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, like an, another thing that's kind of that kind of hurt the situation. I think it was a Cowboys. I think it was the Cowboys second round draft pick. Of course, all rookie contracts they are already predetermined. I thought the, it was Stingley. I don't think it was Stingley. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was the second round draft pick. I thought it was a. I I could have sworn it was first. I I very well could be wrong. Stingley may have gotten it, but. This rook, this second rounder, wanted his his rookie deal fully guaranteed. So now you have rookies who are coming in with that same expectation. So it is it is going to be a tough slope to navigate. But ultimately, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, 
Ravens fans have seen how abysmal, and that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, the offense has been without Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you have to do whatever you can in order to keep him. Because let's face it, we made the playoffs. There's not going to be any quarterback at that spot that we can take if we happen to lose him. Number one, we're also not going to lose Lamar Jackson. We will franchise tag him if it if 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 we need to. We will franchise tag him two years in a row if we have to. And to be fair, and 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 another thing that people are all always misconstrued, Lamar Jackson loves being in Baltimore. Yeah, it's not that he hates being in Baltimore. No, he, he might hate his offensive coordinator, but he doesn't hate being in. Well, so uh, does the rest of the city of Baltimore. So it's okay. Lamar Jackson is just in the, just in the same boat as everyone else. You're not wrong, but Lamar's Lamar's hasn't signed a deal yet because he said before the season even started, he said once the season starts, I'm not negotiating. I'm focusing on football. Yeah. So, if 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 you think the only route is that we have to franchise tag Lamar Jackson at this point, trust me, you're like you're you're not right about this. There's a website you can go to. It's called OverTheCap.com. I was gonna say, be nice how you say this. <laughs> but but if you, if you don't believe me, go to the website OverTheCap.com. Click on the Ravens, and you can see how numbers will adjust based on what we can do with every player. You can break it down and see what if we restructure contracts with certain players? What if we extend certain players? You can see how much money will that will free up for us. And you'll be able to you'll be able to tell, okay, he's not bullshit. Now trust me, if we do sign Lamar Jackson to a contract, that's gonna eat up a lot of cap. It is gonna eat I'm up. I'm not say, I'm not saying that it won't. And with, and we have so many roster needs that in order to continue the sustained success that the Baltimore Ravens have had, you know it's going to be it's going to be tough in order to do that. But in the modern day NFL, it starts with the quarterback. It does. And currently, I mean, if we were to franchise tag him, um, Patrick Mahomes is currently the fifth um, quarterback in annual salary. Um, so it's Aaron Rodgers at fifty point two million, Russell Wilson at forty eight point five. So no, so no, so no, fifty point two. 48.5, 46.1, and then Patrick Mahomes is 45. That's $47.16 million. So, so the, 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 way, the way that they get the number for the salary cap or the, the franchise tag is you take the highest average, you take the highest, the five highest earning players at your position, add the numbers up, divide it by five. That's how much you're getting paid. That would make Lamar Jackson the third highest salary yep. in the NFL. Third highest salary in the NFL. So if the Ravens, for some reason, did have to franchise tag him, it's not like Lamar Jackson's not getting paid in the process. Right. He's, he's getting paid top dollar. It may not be the top dollar, which I think ultimately is what, he, is what his desired goal is. And I can't say I blame him. Well, it's every player. So why would you not want it? Right, of course. Of course, you want to be the highest paid player He's he's literally negotiating his salary like you do at a job interview. Their job is to get you for as cheap as possible and get as much work out of you. Your job is to get as much money as you can from them. He's that's literally what he's doing like you do at a job interview. Right. Where is he even at on the total list of salary per good lord? Low. He's very low. Uh 47th out of 112 quarterbacks. I'm not even looking at just quarterbacks. 
Uh, total. Yeah. Where? Good lord. His current here. contract value is nine point seven million. No, his cap hit is twenty twenty-three million. I don't know where that comes into play with the rest oh, of the league. But... Bless him. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You said twenty-three million? That's his current cap that was that was what his that's what his base salary is for the fifth year option. Uh da, da, da. I must have passed him then. Um Not pass him. Where is he? This has got to be in. Uh, no, it said November of twenty-two. Oh, I don't know where he is. Anywho, not important. Yeah, he's not this low. There's no way. Good lord. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it looks like Lamar Jackson could get his deal that he's looking for. Um, it is up in the air. Some contract negotiations have to come out, but um, the Ravens did re-sign Roquan Smith. It's a great deal. Um, I'm super excited about it. I know I told you I was going to buy his jersey if they re-signed him, but I was going to wait to see if his number changed. Um, I still plan on doing that. You wanted his jersey. Um, You said you're not going to get it because you know I'm getting it now, but you could still get it. It's not that deep. You can still buy a Roquan Smith jersey. I'm going to let you live your best life, man. I'll I'll, I'll pick up my boy Kyle Hamilton. I'm still waiting on my Rashad Bateman jersey to come in. Well, that's that's fair, too. I, I bought a Marcus Williams jersey earlier this year. I bought a Rashad Bateman jersey as well. Going to get a Roquan Smith jersey. It's the year of the jerseys. It's the year of the jerseys. Well, last year was technically the year of the jerseys. Yeah. What's this year the year of? <sighs> going to uh, new stadiums. Ah, yes. Yeah, that is that is definitely on the list. It's going to be a lot of fun. But um, just to briefly glance over the um, the matchups for the... One thing I want to say real quick as well for, for the Ravens perspective, um, seeing this contract with Roquan Smith, it's very encouraging as well because it shows the Ravens' willingness to negotiate with the player self-represented. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's so it's definitely a good sign that the Ravens are capable of getting a deal done with a player that doesn't have an agent. So it's it de- definitely a very good sign for the Ravens for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but just a glance over the playoff matchups. We'll dive more in depth on Friday. Uh, but just a brief glance. Um, in the NFC, we have the um, Seattle Seahawks, the number seven seed Seattle Seahawks, taking on the number two San Francisco forty. 40- San Francisco 49ers, if I could talk, that'd be great. Um, they are playing Saturday at 4.30. Um, we have the number six seed New York Giants taking on the number three seed Minnesota Vikings. That'll be Sunday at 4.30. And then probably the most uh, interesting game in the NFC for the wildcard weekend, the number five seed Dallas Cowboys going into Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. That'll be on Monday night. This is a rematch of week one where Dak Prescott broke his hand on the helmet of, of a Bucks player. Um, Tampa Bay is not great. Dallas can't seem to not turn the ball over. But Tom Brady is still there. But Tom Brady is still there. It's hard to bet against him. And the way, so, so of course, you didn't watch the game, but I saw the, if, if the Dallas that showed up against the Washington Commander shows up against Dallas, they will get routed. Yeah, dude, this is an interesting matchup because Dallas, we've seen them go into Minnesota and beat the living shit out of them. But then we've also seen them go into Washington and get the shit kicked out of them there. Dallas and Choke are very synonymous. Yeah, very synonymous. Um, So the NFC, 
is pretty interesting, but not as interesting at the, as the AFC. Tampa Bay was also one play away from beating the team that ended up winning the Super Bowl last year in the playoffs. That is true. That is very true. And not much has changed with that roster. It may have gotten a little worse, but they, they, were, they were one play away, and the dude who was responsible for it is still there. Yeah. Um, in the AFC, three great matchups. Yeah. Um, depending on who's at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, if it's Tua, that's a great matchup. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, the Bills are going to run away with this. If it's Skylar Thompson, don't even watch it. <laughs> um, but the number seven seed Miami Dolphins going into Buffalo uh, to play the two seed. That game's Sunday at one o'clock. Um, then we have the number six seed Baltimore Ravens going back into Cincinnati to play the three seed there. Um, that game's Sunday at eight o'clock. And then we have the five seed Chargers going into the number four seed Jaguars, and they play Saturday night at eight o'clock. Um, but like Holman said, we're going to get more in depth, uh, on Friday. Um, I'll just make one comment about the games this weekend. I'm salivating over Sunday night. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for uh for Sunday night. Um I I can't wait to see the practice reports, the injury reports, see how Lamar Jackson's doing. It's looking promising, but there's also rumors that it's not as promising as it looks. It's very confusing. I've I I've don't seen it, like it. I've seen it both ways. So I I have no clue what it's what it's going to be. They need to stop playing with my emotions. I really just don't appreciate it. No practice reports today. They normally practice on Tuesdays, right? I thought so. Maybe it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Monday's a game film, Tuesday's day off. Maybe. Wednesday's practice. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Friday we'll go over those playoff matchups more. Uh, we have two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then one on Monday night to... Uh, to decide the divisional round. Um, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a lot of good football. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, definitely definitely a lot of good games are going to be played this weekend. Um, some better than others. Um, I'm very happy that I have off this coming Monday, so I do get to watch all of the Sunday night or Sunday Sunday slate games. Because um, trust me, I would have called out from work if the Ravens played on Sunday night and I had to work on Sunday night. Yeah, I got offered to do something Sunday night and I was or on Sunday. And I was like, yeah, well, I don't know when the Ravens play on the playoffs. So like, oh, oh, we'll put a, we'll pin a pin in that until we find out when. They're like, oh, well, it's not till seven o'clock. It was Reno. Reno offered to do, uh, invited me to do something. Uh-oh. He's like, oh, it's not till seven o'clock, so we should be good. I'm like, well, we can play Sunday night. Let's let's just let's just wait and see. I was like, I don't know. Go figure. They have the Sunday night game. Right. So I was like, I talked to him today. I was like, yes, I hope you know I'm I'm not going to do that. Right. He's right. like, oh, I didn't even realize. Oh shit. Yep. Not going either. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, playoff playoff football definitely very very important here for the. I mean, we'll go a little bit more in depth with it from what's going to happen, but um, definitely some bad blood heading into that Sunday night game. Yeah, there's there's a lot of bad blood going into that game, but that is all I have for you this week, Poppy. Do you have anything else for me? Uh negative. Perfect. We touched we touched on every subject. Got everything out that we need to get out. Um, so no, we're good. Perfect. So that'll do it for us here on this Tuesday. We'll catch you guys on Friday. Lots to talk about. All the playoff matchups, some head coaching changes, um, and then we'll go over our uh, 
our schedule prediction and, and how well we actually did. So stay tuned. We'll see you guys on Friday. Y'all stay safe and have a good week. We'll yep. see you. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.